Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, guys? It's your boy Dylan at ThunderJazz, and I'm here with a word from our sponsors, Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Just head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, that is BLE50 in all capital letters, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, welcome into another episode of the Topic Thunder podcast. Um, it's just me today. It's me on the solo tip. Um, I'm supposed to be joined by a brethren of the podcast, but I guess sleepy time took a hold of him and, and he was not able to join me. But regardless of that, we are, you know, I'm going to go ahead and give you a show. I'm going to go ahead and pump out some content for you guys. Um, because there has abs- there has been absolutely no content out there as far as NBA wise, as far as Thunder wise, um, it's we are definitely in the dry season um, of the NBA off season, and with that, the Thunder also included in that no big trades, no big signings, no big wavings, nothing, um, and so it's been kind of kind of hard to to find some content for. Uh, in real in relation to the thunder or in relation to the nba but we asked you for some questions and of course you came through as you always do and you gave us some questions um so a couple things a couple some nba news so we're starting to get some little droplets here and there of the uh of the nba schedule um and so all we've pretty much gotten up to this point is the christmas games and unfortunately the thunder are not on there I do think that we do have some Christmas games in future years coming up, um, but um, this next season, 2022 Christmas, um, fortunately the Thunder are not on there. So as far as what Shams and Mark Stein and, and Woj have kind of put out, uh, the five Christmas games are going to be Bucks versus Celtics, 76ers versus Knicks, um, Suns versus Nuggets, Lakers versus Mavericks, and then the Grizzlies at Warriors. Um, all good games. Again, the Knicks don't know why the hell they're on there. You know, nobody's like, oh, my God, it's Christmas time. Let's watch a Knicks game. I have no idea why they're on there, but I do understand, you know, the NBA has to put a tentpole market in there, and they have to have something related to New York. And, you know, to me, this kind of signals that, you know, the NBA kind of knows that Brooklyn – is probably not going to have Kyrie and or Kevin Durant on that team by the time Christmas time, Christmas time rolls around. 
Um, and you're probably looking, you know, with, within these 10 teams that are listed here, you're probably looking at one of the teams that's going to have, you know, Kyrie, one of the teams that's going to have um, Kevin Durant on their team. Um, and so, you know, these are the, the marquee matchups for Christmas time. I love it. I, I love these games. I know they're going to they're, they're gonna be competing, I believe, with three NFL games. You know, the NFL wants to be greedy. They get, you know, they get Thanksgiving all to themselves, but they also want to get some, uh, some Christmas games. I do believe that Christmas falls on, I'm not entirely sure, but Christmas falls on a, oh, it falls on a Sunday this year. So, you know, hey, the NFL gave up some of their games in order to have the NBA play on Christmas, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 a fine slate. I love it. That Grizzlies Warriors matchup is going to be fun. Um, Lakers Mavericks. We'll see how the Lakers are playing. We'll see who's on that team. Whether you know, as far as a Thunder fan is related, whether Russell Westbrook is still on that team or whether he's been traded away and maybe Kyrie Irving is on that team. Seventy um, Sixers versus Knicks. Again, I don't think the Knicks are going to be very good this year, but I do think it'll be interesting if. You know, the 76ers have Kevin Durant on their team. Um, and so in saying that, you know, one of the big time, I wouldn't say rumors, but if you're going to aggregate things and you're going to look at what packages are available out there for Kevin Durant and what, you know, necessarily the uh, the Nets are going to be asking for for a player of Kevin Durant's ilk, you know, you're looking at probably a big contract veteran. Uh, you're probably looking at a couple good young players and then, of course, draft assets. Um, and so one of the ones that's been thrown around a lot on Twitter and, you know, on the Internet is the 76ers. You know, so a package involving basically Tobias Harris, uh, Tyrese Maxey, uh, uh, Matisse Thybul, um, and then a couple draft picks thrown in there, probably a couple other players thrown in there, um, all for Kevin Durant. And so... You know, whenever we're talking about that, as far as in relation to the Thunder, um, the Thunder own the Sixers' 2025 first-round pick, and it's protected, I believe, until 2027. Um, and so if you're going to be talking about, you know, a Kevin Durant trade for the 76ers, more than likely the, the 76ers will have to go ahead and unprotect that pick. Um, and so, again, once again, the Thunder owning so many draft picks and so many of these these mid-year draft picks for a lot of these teams, especially a lot of the contending teams, um, it, it, you know, kind of starts to work out in their favor. They, you know, they did it with uh, they did it with Miami. You know, they had a pick with Miami that was 2025, but it stretched out, you know, a couple of seasons. And so if Miami wanted to open up any type of flexibility, um, they had to shorten that uh, the restrictions on that pick, and so it went from, you know, 2025 being lottery protected, and then 2026 being unprotected, and so that shortens the window, and it allows the the Miami Heat to make trades further in the future. So if they give up that, you know, if they give up, you know, if they happen, if they don't give up the 25 pick and they have to give up the 26 pick, well then they can go ahead and trade away the the 28 pick, and so it opens up their asset you know, portfolio that they can go ahead and give out to other teams. Um, and so looking at the Sixers pick that they own in 2025, uh, that pick is top six protected in 2025 and then top four protected in 2026 and 2027. Um, so, I, you know, the, 
as far as Philadelphia and as far as their draft picks that are available to be traded, you know, you have to understand that Brooklyn already owns. So, you know, they own the pick that comes two years after the Thunder's pick um, because of the Ben Simmons trade. So Brooklyn already owns that pick. So whether it's 2027, 2028, 2029, whenever that comes out, um, Brooklyn owns that pick already for the for Ben Simmons, um, you know, for the James Harden-Ben Simmons trade. Um, so, you know, the Thunder are kind of sitting pretty without having to do anything. Now, if the Thunder want to involve themselves in this and maybe, you know, because of the roster crunch, maybe throw in a couple players, maybe throw in a couple second-round picks, you know, that could be a way that they can sweeten the deal, maybe get something out of it, whether it's, you know, whether it's a Brooklyn pick, whether it's something down the line, you know, you always want to kick the can down the line. And so if you can get yourself, you know, like Denver, which gave us a top five protected pick for 27 or 28 or 29, you know, if you can get something like that from, from Brooklyn or from Philadelphia where they give you a top five protected, you know, 2029 pick or something like that, you do that because it helps to sweeten the pot. Even, hell, even if you want to go ahead and throw one, you know, one or two of your asset of first round picks in there to help you know to help kind of get this deal done but they give you a pick further in the future you do that and so the thunder may come out of this with you know a much better asset portfolio uh than they went you know going into this um and so and it's one of the beautiful pick it's one of the beautiful things about presti owning all these picks for all these teams and all these teams wanting to make trades make trades to get these, you know, get these superstar players. Um, so, hey, it, it, it works for me. It, it, it works for the Thunder. And then the end, you know, you have Philadelphia trading for a guy that, hey, he's a great player. Kevin Durant is a great player. James Harden is a great player. Joel Embiid is a great player. But they all, you know, there's a whole bunch of risk associated with that. And so, you know, if that goes down the can here in the next two years, the Thunder could be looking at a very nice pick here in 2025 if that goes down, if that all goes down. You know, it's all hypothetical. It's all, you know, if it happens. Um, you know, the Thunder could be looking at a very nice pick in 2025. Um, so moving on, um, we asked you for questions, and darn it, you gave us questions. And so kind of want to go ahead and go through a couple of these questions and answer them for you guys. Um Let's see. Great podcasting here. So Dylan, a.k.a. Thunder Chats, uh, he just can't leave things alone, and he wants to go ahead and jump into this podcast even though he's not on here. So he asked a couple questions. So number one, in true Dylan fashion, he asked us what Kentucky player would fit best into what the Thunder are building. That's that's a very good question because, again, there are a ton of – Kentucky players in the NBA but my thought my thinking the best player for the Thunder would probably be it's either going to be Devin Booker or it's going to be uh, Tyler Hero Uh, one of those two players because of course wing shooting um, I you know I would almost go ahead and pick Devin Booker because he has the pedigree because he's number one been to a finals number two you know been one of the two top top two players on the team that made it to the finals um you know he's been multiple time all-star he's a scoring machine 
He can shoot from outside. He's got that dog in him offensively when it comes to being able to make tough shots. Um, and so, you know, you put him on the court with Giddy. You put him on the court. Or just let's just stick with that. You put him on the court with with Josh Giddy. Um, and, you know, you have basically a taller version of Chris Paul. Yes, we know Chris Paul is the point god. Yes, we completely know that. And, you know, it's almost blasphemous to be comparing Chris Paul, you know, Josh Giddy to Chris Paul as far as the totality of their careers. Because, you know, Josh Giddy's played 50 games. Chris Paul you know, multiple, multiple, multiple time, you know, all NBA teams, not just, you know, all-star teams. So, um, you know, it would, but it would, you know, it would be great. It would, and it would be almost seamless transition for Devin Booker to have a guy like Josh Giddy on the team. And then on top of that, you add a guy like SGA on the other side and you have just, you know, this pure wing rotation of those three players. That's just, you know, they're multifaceted. They are able to shoot from outside. They're able to drive in. They're able to kick out. They're able to play make. Um, and so, in my opinion, that would be a great combination for the backcourt to add for, you know, other guys like, you know, Chet, like JRE, like whoever. Um, you know, basically, you know, you keep Chet in that lineup and you can basically add whoever you want at the four. Um, you can almost, you know, you'd almost get a player like a Jay Crowder-like player to play the four, just a, a bigger wing um, to help, again, provide you with that spacing, provide you with outside shooting and toughness um, on the perimeter um, and on the inside. So, yeah, so that so Devin Booker would probably be my player. Uh, his next question, because, you know, Dylan, he can't just leave it at one question. He has to ask three freaking questions. Uh, so the next one is, you know, he loves to play this game called Start Bench Cut. Um, and so the three players that he has are going to be three Thunder players, but with added superpowers from other players. So the first one is SGA with Kawhi's defense. Uh, the second one is Josh Giddy with LeBron's athleticism. And then the third one is Lou Dort with Curry's shooting. These are very good options. These are very good players. I mean, this is like, you know, you're killing me with this. Um, but I mean, one of the things that could take Shea out of a game is his, like, not necessarily great defense on the other end. And it's weird because, like, you know, when he came into the league, you know, it's it's a lot like Russell Westbrook that Russell came into the league and he was tagged as this defensive player. Um, but, you know, of course, through the course of his career, he's become a lot more offensive uh, a lot more of a player on the offensive end than he has on the defensive end. And it's kind of the same thing with Shea. Shea came into the league. You know, he's this six foot six guard that has, you know, like six foot nine, six foot ten wingspan. He's very long out there. He plays long as far as, you know, his arms and things like that. And so, you know, he was kind of deemed as a defensive player. But again, with his responsibilities shifting so much more to the offensive side of the ball, you know, he's kind of. I'm not necessarily forgotten about defense, but it's not necessarily something that he's had to go ahead and um, focus in on. You know, but if he had Kawhi's defense, you're talking about an all NBA talent right there. You're talking about almost Paul George like, you know, a guy that great defensively, great offensively is a threat on both sides of the floor. Um, And so, you know, that would definitely be my start. Now, the bench player, 
So remember, this is start bench cut. So I'm starting SGA with Kawhi's defense. Uh, my bench player, my bench player is going to be Dort with Curry shooting. Like, like we know Dort as this bulldog defender on the perimeter. Uh, but our worry with Dort has always been his shooting. Is it real? Is is his shooting real? Is is the shooting that he does, you know, shooting 35% from three, shooting, you know, 40 plus percent from the corners, you know, is it real? We see it time and time and time again, but we don't know if it's real. We don't know if it can translate into a playoff game, for instance. But if he had Curry shooting, we would have to worry about that. And so you would have a bulldog defender with Curry's deep, with Curry's ability to shoot. Um, and so that would definitely be the player I would bench. And then my cut, unfortunately, would be Josh Giddy with LeBron's athleticism. You know, Josh Giddy, he does not look extremely athletic out there, but he has some athleticism. He has some some young, you know, young young NBA player athleticism. It's not he's not jumping out the out the gym. He's not, you know, running full speed ahead with the ball like Russell Westbrook, like DeAndre Fox. I, I'm sorry, De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox. Um, but he is, you know, he already has a little bit of athleticism. Um, so I'm going to cut him. And so my start is SGA with Kawhi's defense. My bench is Dort with Curry shooting. And then my cut is going to be Giddy with LeBron's athleticism. And so Dylan's third question is how do you sleep? Um, so I sleep with, I sleep on my side. I sleep with the pillow kind of bunched up into like a, like folded a couple times. Um, and then I sleep with a, a pillow between my legs. That's how I sleep. And I sleep pretty good. So I guess it's working for me. Oh, he said, he said one, two, no blankets and socks on or off. How the hell can you sleep with socks on? Like I've never understood that in my life. Like, so I'm one of these people that I, I sleep with the fan on 24-7, 365 days out of the year. I'm not a, ooh, it's wintertime. It's, it's 50 degrees outside. Let's cut the fan off. No, it could be minus 20 degrees outside, and I still have the fan on in my, in my room. Like, you know, if I ever go, like, stay the night at somebody's house, like a friend's house, and they don't have a fan in their room, I am miserable. I am looking for a, a hotel room. Like, I need that fan running. Um, in order to fall asleep. I don't know if it's like the air that's pushed down. I don't know what it is, but I need a fan running in order to fall asleep. And then socks off, man. Like, I don't care if it's, again, minus 20 degrees outside. I'm sleeping with no socks. Like, like here's my thing. My thing is that my my body temperature a lot of times is determined by my extremities. And so, you know, and I, and and I and I'm hot to begin with. My body temperature is hot to begin with. You know, I'm a very warm person, um, and so I have to have my extremities open or out in order to, I guess I don't know, be able to release heat or whatever. Because if those are covered up, I'm way too hot. You know, I have to have shorts on. I have to have no socks. Um, so that's how I sleep. Um, so before we move on to the next question, I, I do want to kind of touch on something that. Um, Stephen Dolan brought up, uh, brought up to to the unit here a couple of days ago. So Stephen Dolan, he put something in our chat in regards to a tweet from a guy named 
Nceto2, or Nick. His name is Nick, uh, but his, his at handle is N-S-I-T-T-O-2. And so he said, which player are you putting more stock into? And the poll was Josh Giddy or Jabari Smith. Um, and so the final results of that poll, uh, it was Josh Giddy 51.1%, and then Jabari Smith Jr., 48.9%. Here's my thing with that. Like, I hate, I hate, I hate Twitter comparison where the, when they compare players sometimes because they want to compare, compare players that are not, they're not the same, you know, they, they don't belong in the same conversation. And I don't mean that off of talent. I don't, I, I mean that because Josh Giddy is a playmaking six foot nine point guard. Jabari Smith Jr. is a play finishing shooting six foot 10 power forward. Their skill set does not cross at all. And so you want me to compare two players that don't cross at all, you know, and say, hey, who are you putting more stock into? Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, Josh Giddy, you know, he's played 50-plus games in the NBA. He came into Summer League, to, you know, this year, and he's kind of showed in Summer League that he's above Summer League. He's above playing against players that – you know, against teams where half the players have half. He's above playing against teams where half the players on the team aren't going to make it to the NBA at all. And that's what we see in summer league a lot of years. You know, you see your top rookies, you see, you know, every player that's drafted, you know, if they're, if they're in the country, you know, and if they're not injured, they're going to play in summer league. But, you know, we all know that as far as players that are going to make an impact in the NBA, you're only looking at basically probably about 20 to 30 players that are actually going to make an impact in that first year in the NBA. Um, and so, you know, they're all sparsed out between all 30 teams. Then you have like the second year players that come in and you have the undrafted free agents and you have, you know, the, the other free agents that are, you know, trying to, trying to get their opportunity in the NBA in the NBA. And so you have a ton of players that aren't necessarily going to make it in the NBA. And so, you know, this year, this summer league, this year's summer league, we saw that, Josh Giddy is, is too good for those players. You know, yeah, he, he you know, he didn't shoot a great percentage. Um, but he was in total control of everything out there. You know, he was he was the summer league point god, if you want to say. Um Jabari Smith Jr., on the other hand, he struggled. Which is gonna happen to rookies all the time. And another thing about Jabari Smith's struggles is that Summer League is not necessarily designed for a player that is a play finisher. You know, it's designed for players who are playmakers. It's designed for players who can get their own shot. The biggest knock against Jabari Smith Jr. heading into any draft cycle was that he could not create his own shot. He was a shot finisher. He's going to be a great three-point shooter. He's going to be a great mid-range shooter. You know, he's going to be great at receiving that ball, you know, shooting it up and making it. That's what he's going to be great at. That's his strength. His weaknesses are that he cannot do that on his own. And so in summer league, he looked crappy. You know, he looked like almost, you know, bust-like material because it was not suited for him. The NBA game is going to be completely different. Now, with that said, Houston, Houston doesn't have any point guards. Their biggest thing is going to be, you know, that they don't have a point guard out there that can distribute the ball. They have Kevin Porter Jr. He's an attacker. 
He's uh, you know, he's somebody that is going to score you the ball. But as far as like setting up the offense, getting the ball to players in their spots, that's not his game. You know, and then you have Jalen Green. They're not asking Jalen Green to be a playmaker. They're asking him to score the ball, and that's it. Then you're stuck. You know, and so it wouldn't surprise me at all one bit if you know Dennis Schroeder who still hasn't been signed by an NBA team, surprisingly, you know, if Houston brings him back on just a real good deal, you know, just a, a, a team-friendly deal that's amendable to Dennis Schroeder, to give Houston a guy that can distribute the ball, you know, to, uh, to give Houston a guy that can get the ball to Jabari Smith Jr. Because, honestly, if they don't have that guy on this team next year, Jabari Smith Jr. is going to struggle, and he's going to look bad. Um, and so... Which player am I putting more stock in? I'm putting more stock in Josh Giddy because Josh Giddy has a more defined role on a better defined team. Jabari Smith Jr., I believe his role is going to be muted a bit by the team itself, by the construction of the Houston Rockets currently. Um, and so I'm putting my stock in Josh Giddy objectively. Um, but I hate these types of questions because these two players are not the same type of player at all. Now, if you wanted to compare Josh Giddy to say like I don't know, you know, give me a tall point guard. You know, give me a heck, I don't know. But yeah, that's that you know, that, that's that's what we're looking at, you know, here. Um so moving on to the next question. Uh let's see, let's see. Let's see. So this question is from Shea Media, the homie, Matt. Um, he asked us, uh, should the NBA adopt more FIBA rules or officiating? So I know, I know, I know the OK spaces, OK three spaces guys are a lot more in tune with like international basketball because of where they're at. Um, I, I do know about the only rule I know from FIBA that, is really like way different. So number one, like you have like the the shape of the paint is different in FIBA play, I believe. I don't know if that's been that's been changed. Um, it's more uh, trapezoidal than it is like a rectangle, um, which honestly I don't think the paint needs to be changed. But I think in, in the way the the game is nowadays. You know, you don't have guys in the paint anyway because, you know, NBA defenses are so stretched out to the perimeter that you hardly have anybody on the inside. If you want to watch something, if you want to compare how the game has changed, um, look at video of Michael Jordan. And especially, let's say, against the Pistons. And look at how packed that paint is. You know, you you know, you know literally have, like, Bill Ambeer, you know, John Sally, Dennis Rodman, Joe Dumars all packed in the middle just waiting for Michael Jordan to drive in. Like the game has changed completely in that aspect. You look at the you know, you look at a game now and in, in, in the span of a of a game, you know, you have so many moments where the interior is completely empty because guys are just, you know, spread out, you know, and on the perimeter that the interior is completely empty. Um and so, you know, about the only rule from FIBA that I know of off the top of my head that would be it would be interesting to see i don't know if it would change anything i don't know or or it, i think it would change a ton is the once the ball hits the rim you can touch it rule 
you know, and I think guys like like Chet, guys like uh, like Rudy Gobert, would completely feast on that type of role and change so many things about that. Like they would literally be jumping up to touch the ball, hit you know, once it hits hits the rim, uh, in order to deflect it, um, and so. That would be one thing. The one rule that I would love to see, especially in this NBA, is a four-point shot. So I know I know the big three, the basketball league that um, Ice Cube owned or owns. Um, I know that they have that in there, and it was just it's just cool. Like it's just like it just gives you an added level of number one difficulty on the shot, um, but number two, you know, it just gives you an added level of just fun. You know, it's just and I, and I think. I don't know if the NBA G League tried this. I, I know the NBA G League tried the, you know, the hitting the, the ball off the rim once it hits the rim thing. Um, I, I really don't know how that came out, but I would love to see this, you know, a four-point shot instituted, like either in the G League or instituted like in an all-star game. Um, you know, you know if, if Adam Silver is completely gung-ho about this midseason tournament, the midseason tournament could actually be a great place to, like, add – you know, new things to the game to see if it works out. You know, like if you have a four-point shot, if you have, you know, if you have like, you know, touching the ball once it hits the rim, those type of things, you know, having a mid-season tournament where those things are in play, it would be very interesting. It would it'd probably add to the viewership of that type of tournament because I'm not watching that tournament for no reason, you know. Uh, but, yeah, th- I think those are some of the rules that I would adopt. Uh, so from Alex, at Alex Bowlerjack, Alex underscore Bowlerjack, uh, what is a what is an unpopular fast food take you have? So, aka, which fast food has the best coffee or salad? Hmm. Let's see. I don't know. I don't, I, so, I don't eat too much fast food. I used to back in the past, um, but it's unhealthy for you, man. Like I'm trying to get healthier, um, so I, I don't really have too many takes when it comes to to fast food. I mean, honestly, like one of the things that about fast food is you see those videos where like the Taco Bell meat, how it's made, like it's just rehydrated dry meat um, or like, you know, the old or not the old, but like from a couple of years ago, they showed you the paste that the chicken nugget meat used to look like for McDonald's. Like, yeah, that I mean, that type of stuff just kind of like, ugh, like just give me some regular food. Just I'm gonna go home and eat. You know, so I don't really I'm sorry, Alex, I don't really have too many opinions when it comes to uh, fast food. Like if if some of the other guys were on here, maybe this is something that I asked some of the other guys in later podcasts. That would be a good question. Um, Next question. So at Thunder Norman. So Thunder underscore up underscore Norman at Thunder Norman. He asked us, uh, what is the what is the Thunder looking for in terms of player personality? They've always talked about drafting slash signing types of people that fit their culture and how do you see the thunder maintaining that if x player doesn't mesh do they do you still pick him does culture matter over skill that's a very good question that is a very good question that is something that you know it has it has yet to be tested with this group this iteration of the thunder rebuild you know but i will say this like like the Thunder will draft the best player. They did that with Kevin Durant. They did that with Russell Westbrook. They did that with James Harden. And we've seen that the Thunder are willing to 
trade a player if he doesn't necessarily mesh or if his chemistry within that locker room is not is something that they 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 deem to be a little bit explosive a little bit something that can cause a rift in the locker room and so you know one of the you know one of the big things about the James Harden thing was you know that he was a little bit selfish during this finals run um and so i i don't think Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook were too popular or too too they weren't fans of that um and so that's one of the things that i believe caused a trade of Harden to Houston was the locker room chemistry issues you know he was a great player and he turned out to be an even greater player in Houston you know like like the the writing was on the wall um but chemistry issues within that locker room probably caused the Thunder to go ahead and kind of pick and choose which players they thought were more their guys versus which player was had that possibility of being a locker room I wouldn't say cancer but somebody that can strike a little bit of friction within the locker room and so that player ended up being James Harden now with that said I do believe if the price was right um that James Harden would have still been on that 2012 or after, you know, after the 2012 offseason, he still would have been on the team. Um, but all that information in regards to the locker room stuff, plus the fact that, you know, he wanted a bigger contract. But also, like, his agent was probably telling him, look, you, you can't get a bigger contract here. You have to go somewhere else to get a bigger contract because the Thunder already had two max level players signed in Westbrook and in Durant. Um, and so, you know, you, you add all that information together and, you know, in that iteration of the Thunder, the Durant, Durant, uh, Westbrook, Harden Thunder, you know, it's something that, that I think did play a part in Harden getting traded. Um, so I've always said, I have always said that, look, if the number one pick is a, is a guy that is a can't miss prospect, but he's an asshole. The Thunder will try to make it work, regardless. You can't, like you can't beat talent like that either. Um, there may be a situation where the Thunder may try to trade down if there is a comparable player at like two or three, and then get you know recruit some assets. Um, but talent is talent is the name of the game in basketball, and you have to have not necessarily not just one. You have to have at least two or three top 25 to top 30 players on your team you know you have to have at least two top 25 players and at least another player in the top 50 to actually be a contending team um but you really have to have like a top 10 player um, to make it all work and so if that top 10 player in the draft or in a free agency signing or whatever happens to be an asshole i think you still take your chances um, you know, for for how much we love Westbrook, like Westbrook, he like he was like to me, he was one of the main examples of somebody that was had a great work ethic. That the Thunder, you know, the Thunder looked for players who had that work ethic, and Russell Westbrook had that work ethic. He might have been a butthole to the media. He might have been difficult in the locker room sometimes you know difficult personality sometimes 
but he is the example of somebody that I think the Thunder um, stuck with because of his work ethic and because of the type of person he was, but also because of the type of player that he was. You know, if he was if he was an okay player, but he had those issues with the media and he had, I, I don't think that the Thunder would have stuck with him as long as they did. But he was a great player, and he had a great work ethic. He had all the other faults, but they stuck with him because of that. You know, and with the Thunder, <laughs> the way they were able to kind of shield Kevin Durant from doing all the dumbness that he does, you know, now on social media and, you know, when he gets on podcasts, on other players' podcasts, and he talks a mess and this, this, and that, the way they were able to shield that for about seven years was pretty amazing. Now, I don't think that. Twitter was as loud as it is now. And so it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really something for the players to like kind of talk on Twitter because it wasn't necessarily as loud as it is now, you know. But the fact that the Thunder were able to kind of keep that under wraps for so long as far as how Kevin Durant really was and how weird he kind of is, um, is, is pretty amazing. And I think as long as they were able to keep that under wraps, he would be a player that they would have kept. But I think if he would have, you know, kind of started to be the Kevin Durant that we know now, I think he would have been a candidate to be traded. Not necessarily somebody that they would have signed, but I think he would have been a candidate to be traded and get assets for him. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, looking at this team right now, this team is definitely, you know, all about, you know, they're all about saying the right things. Team, 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 team. Once this team starts to win, it'll be very interesting to see how, the different personalities take hold, you know, because you definitely see like SGA, Josh Giddy, Chet Holmgren, they all have their alphaness, you know, they all have their al- alpha parts of their personalities. And so does that start to clash? You know, does Duke Giddy and SGA start to clash? You know, because they're out there, playmakers, you know, we'll see if if Giddy becomes ever a consistent scorer. Um, but, you know, you mess around and those two guys become great, but they're kind of in each other's ways on, on the court. You know, you may start to see friction there. You know, so I do think that the Thunder look for a certain player, a certain person in a player. And if that person within the player is also a good player, they love it. You know, if that person within the player, if that player within the person is a questionable person but a good player you know they may do a little bit more exploration they may say hey we'll draft this person but you know we'll, we we got to keep an eye on him so you know I, I do think the thunder look for that but you can't you can't you know deny talent in the nba like if you, you can't say no <laughs> this guy's a little bit of an asshole we're not going to draft him you got to go for the talent you know um Let's see. Next question from SSG2KYT, also known as SSG2K Thunder Talks. Will we see more Lucas in the league from Europe or jaw-like talents from AAU? So I'm guessing he's asking, will we see more players in the Luka Doncic mold from Europe or will we see more players in the Ja Morant mold from AAU, from the United States, basically? Um, so I, I think you're going to see a lot more jaw-like players 
from AAU. Like, you know, a player like Scoot Henderson, you know, that plays for the G League Ignite. He's he's that type of player. You know, players like the Thompson Twins out of Overtime Elite. You know, those guys are are all six foot seven. Or I'm sorry, the Thompson Twins are like six foot seven monster athletes. Like huge, like, you know, going into this next draft, like 2023, like the prize is Victor Wembanyama. Yes, the, that is the prize because that guy is, he's the unicorn of all unicorns. And, it, it, and, if, and if he hits in the NBA, he's going he's gonna to be the archetype of a different type of player in the NBA, which honestly we hope that Chet is that player now. You know, we honestly hope that even though, you know, Wembanyama is younger, taller, seems to be more mobile, more athletic, and seems to be, you know, have the ability to maybe put on a little bit more muscle than Chet. Um, we do want Chet to be that archetype of player, you know, that seven foot one, seven five, seven six wingspan guy that plays great defense, is able to shoot from outside, is able to, you know, dribble the ball. And so he is the prize, yes. Wimbayama is the prize. But those Thompson twins are they, I believe they're going to be pretty good. I believe they're going to be fast risers in the in the upcoming draft. Um, and, you know, they're talked about being around six or seven, eight, nine for the other one. I, I think they're going to go like top five, both of them. Um, but I, I do think we're going to see a lot more players in the jaw mold um, than we see in the Luka mold. Luka, he's a... Uh, He's very unique as far as how he plays, as far as his movement. He, he's not overly athletic, um, but he knows how to. He knows how to use angles. He knows how to use his body. He's very European in that aspect. He's very. He's very much skilled in that aspect. Um, whereas Jaw is very skilled, but very athletic. And so, if that's, his athleticism allows his skill um, to translate even more. So I, I do think that Luka is more skillful, but I do think that in a game, in a game of, of basketball, athleticism helps, helps you to, to, to cover that gap of lack of skill. And believe me, jaw, Jaw's skill set versus Luka's is not that far apart. And so the athleticism helps him a little bit more in the, in, in the game. Um, next question from Jay Gardenhire, a.k.a. at ThunderNation41. Um, so how many players currently on the OKC roster do you predict will be on the roster next year or the following year? Uh, do you see us going after any top-tier free agents in the foreseeable future, again, next year or the year after that? Um, he said thank you and look for, looking forward to the podcast. So thank you very much, uh, Jay, for the question. Um, so, you know, of course, roster crunch. You know, we have 18 players on the active roster and then we also have two more two-way players, which they don't count against the number on the roster. So you have to trim that 18 down to 15. Um, and so easily just looking at the players that we have on our team that have that are just under contract for this up- upcoming season, you know, guys like Teo Maladon, guys like, you know, let's see, hold on. Derek Favors. I, I honestly think that Derek Favors is going to stick around this season because he's an he's an extra big body that you can throw out there to help Chet, you know, against bigger centers and bigger post players in the league. Um, but you know, a guy like Ty Jerome, who only has one more guaranteed year of next year's deal, 
Um, a guy like Darius Baisley, he, he only has one more guaranteed year. His next year, next year would be a uh, qualifying offer year. Um, you know, definitely guys like Beat Crecci, Tail Maladon. Um, I think Aaron Wiggins is safe. I think Aaron Wiggins is the type of player that the Thunder want as a, you know, veteran minimum type wing that can give you production. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think those players are like likely to be crunched here within the next year to two years. I think Poku um, is likely to be on the chopping block after next season. Um, and then we'll see what guys like Jeremiah Robinson Earl, guys like Aaron Wiggins, you know, we'll see how the, you know, Jalen Williams, a.k.a. Jay Will, you know, the Arkansas Jay Will, we'll see how they kind of pan out or over the next couple of seasons. Hell, even Trey Mann would be somebody that, you know, if if he's not consistent, you know, as a player, he could definitely be on the chopping block, the trading block. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, you're probably going to get one or two good players next next season as far as from the draft. And looking at the numbers as far as salary, they'll have about $25 million available to them. What I think they'll do is they'll try to get uh, players into their salary cap from other teams via trade. Um, again, I, I don't think the Thunder are going to be a prime free agency destination. Um, you know, we, we don't operate that way. We don't operate with the hope that we're going to sign a prime free agent. You know, I, I think our hope is that maybe a a glue guy, maybe a a great to, a good to great role player, will be somebody that maybe we can sign um, in twenty twenty three in the off season of twenty twenty three when we have you know seventeen to twenty three million dollars available to us. Um, but yeah, I I don't think the Thunder, I don't think Oklahoma City becomes a huge free agency destination. Um, ever, <laughs> unfortunately, ever, um, the Miamis of the world, the New Yorks of the world, the LAs of the world are still there. You know, the the San Francisco, Golden State, still there. Um, and so, you know, we have to operate under different rules and do those teams. And so, we have to build our team through the draft. We have to build the team through trades. Um, and so, I still don't think that free agency is going to be the way that we get players here. Uh, let's see. <laughs> okay. So Thunder Hot Takes. If you have children in the car, please cover their ears real quick. So at Thunder Hot Takes decided to ask us, would you rather have dick-sized nipples or a nipple-sized dick? All right. So thank you for listening in to this podcast. Um, make sure you check out the rest of our podcast on any place that you listen to podcasts. Uh, make sure that you check out our Twitter page at OKC Topic Thunder. Uh, make sure that you check out our uh, our our podcast website. You know, it, it has we don't necessarily write too much on there, but it has the up to date salary structure of the team, and it has the up to up to date asset uh, page that has all their draft picks and what they owe and what they own and what they owe to other teams. So that's going to be um, OKC Topic Thunder dot Make sure you give it a look. Make sure you check it out. Um, And as always, as we always say, you know, keep hooping. Be nice to other people. Get vaccinated if you can. 
Is that even a thing anymore? Who cares? I don't care. It's almost midnight. I'm ready to go to bed. I have to wake up in the morning. So as always, the way we always end these podcasts, thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder Podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter, at OKCTopicThunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.